everyone, Jane Applegath here, founder of the Epic Vision Zone, conversations that inspire. Every show, we offer you an inspiring person or message to bring you closer to your big dream so that you can live your epic life now. Thank you for being here. And if you're listening to the audio version, be sure to follow us on your favorite app. And if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Serena Williams said, every woman's success should be an inspiration to another. We're strongest when we cheer each other on. Such is the case with Carrington Warfield, a multi-talented event strategy coach with expertise in entrepreneurship, authorship, speaking engagements, and corporate event planning. As a certified meeting and event strategist and coach, her success in corporate event planning includes organizing executive level leadership retreats, launches, employee morale events, and much more. With a master's in business administration specializing in project management, Carrington's passion is helping coaches and entrepreneurs succeed at event planning so that they reach their business goals and target audience while elevating brand awareness. She says it's everything you need to know pre-event, during the event, and post-event to convert leads into clients. Carrington is the co-author of Your Virtual Events Guides to Creating an Engaging Experience. She has been featured in Canvas and SpeakerCon magazines and serves as an executive contributor to Brains Magazine. Plus, she has been a keynote speaker at SuccessFest 21, a panel participant at Black Women Confidential, Success Women on Fire 2.0, and much more. During her leisure time, she enjoys reading, writing, traveling, savoring plant-based cuisine, which sounds so yummy, <laughs> spending quality time with her family, and indulging in great movies and series. Welcome, Carrington. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Hi, Jane. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you. I've heard great things about you. Well, thank you so much. And likewise, so very excited to delve into this. Carrington and I were just chatting a little bit prior to uh, coming on, and I am really interested in getting into this event strategy planning. But tell us, what inspired you to do the work that you do today? Well, so I've been doing uh, event planning for about 20 years, and my niche is corporate event planning. Um, but during COVID, I noticed that there were a lot of people that you know started a lot of new businesses, and I noticed that people are hosting great events and they're really doing well at the logistical side of it. But I noticed that the event strategy side of it, right, is where there's a gap. And so that's where I kind of felt like this is an area where I feel like I can help or I can serve in that area. Right. I know the planning side. Let me move a little bit more into the event strategy side. So I still do my own research on it, right? I still read up about it. Um, I'm still learning about event strategy, but I do feel like though, because I've done event planning for so long, I do know a little bit about the strategy side as well. It just may be something I never thought about until I saw the need for it. Right, absolutely. So give us some insight into the work, like what exactly is event planning strategy? So the strategy is you wanna think about your goals and objectives, right? You know, if you're a product or a service-based company, what are your goals and objectives for your company, right? When you're hosting the events, you need to be thinking the same thing. What are my goals? What are my objectives, right? 
what it is that I want to do, your what, and then your why. What do you want your audience to leave with? You also want to be thinking about how to align your agenda, right? The agenda should always align with what your target, you know, your objectives and your goals are. Um, we have speakers, we have things. And so sometimes you have speakers that come in and you need somebody that's going to kind of engage the audience for you. And then you have speakers who are going to like help you close the deal, right? Mm -hmm. you, you have great motivational speakers like that. Um, but you should be thinking about that. And then your value is really, really important, right? What value are you adding? What, you know, we know that you have a business, you have to be a subject matter expert in that industry and you've got to be able to get people to trust you, right? And then the last piece is engagement and interaction. That's extremely important, mm -hmm. right? You've got to engage the audience. You've got to be able to keep them engaged. And then I think a lot of times, especially when it's a long drawn out event, right? Not that they don't provide value, but you've got to be able to have, think of ways where you can be interactive, where you can interact with the audience, maybe a panel, maybe a Q&A session, things of that nature. Even um, networking is always good. So those are four principles that I, I think that are the most important in the strategy piece. Yes, absolutely. And those are things that we need to have top of mind when we absolutely. are planning the event. If you could just do me a favor and run down those one at a time so that people who are listening could maybe jot those down. So just go ahead and, and give us those one at a time. Thanks. Sure. And I've got a ton, but this is a, a methodology I kind of created a couple of years ago. So I call it the CAVE method, C-A-V-E. So it's clear objectives, clear meeting objectives, I'm sorry, agenda alignment, valuable content, and engagement and interaction. So let me say it again. Mm. Clear meeting objectives agenda alignment, valuable content, and engagement and interaction. So those are things that should always be top of mind when you're hosting an event. Perfect, I love that. And I love the acronym as well. So give us now, because you've been in this industry for quite some time, how has the event space changed? You mentioned COVID, because I know that there's been a lot of virtual events that have taken place. And how do you see the future of the industry going? Oh, wow. They, there's so much technology coming out. People are doing drones now, like a drone technology, especially like um, the drones sometimes can help bring those that can't actually be at the event. Like, so if you're hosting a hybrid event, so you've got your in-person uh, people that are in person, you've got people who are actually on Zoom or a webinar um, that can't be there. So that's what you call a, a hybrid event. And we've got now like drone technology where if it's like they can literally bring the person that's not there right into the event as if they're there. Uh, all kinds of things. There's robots, all kinds of things that people are doing right now um, and trying to switch it up. So I'm loving it. Um, it's a lot to keep up with. Right. Um, you've got to stay up on it. You've got to be able because you never know what type of customer or client you might have, right? For the plant planning need, the plant event planning needs. I'm sorry. So you kind of kind of stay up on those things. So it's it can be a little bit because it moves just like technology, right? You know how people say how quickly technology moves. The hospitality industry is the same way, right? So they're always trying to think of different ways to in incorporate creativity into events. Right. Keep it engaging. That's absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, because those those different aspects of it 
Um, if, if you're kind of dozing off, you'll suddenly wake up and you'll go, wow, this is different. This is interesting. Yeah. Eventually we'll Absolutely. all be holograms and we'll just be beamed into the event. <laughs> it's true. Well, you've seen that as well, like the holograms. Yeah. Now you've got to have the budget for it. Let me be clear. That is yeah. not cheap. And the drones is not cheap either. Right. But if you've got right. the budget for it and the biggest thing is like you said, we, the engagement, the interaction, and then, you know, the experience, right. Right. Because if people are engaged and they feel um, like they're in a, being able to interact, they're more likely to purchase or at least mm. come back, right? Because we've got different we've got different buyers. So yeah, definitely experience experiential events are are really key, uh, and and That's today it. more so than ever because people have such a short attention span. So if you're not grabbing them that way and just filling them with all kinds of information, they're just going to zone out. I mean, yeah, absolutely. So that's right. really fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. So how far in advance do you recommend planning for an event? And let's say it's it's a pretty average event, not one with drones or holograms, but, okay. but how much time should an individual give themselves for properly planning an event and working with all the strategies that you have mentioned? I would say at least six months, depending on if it's... um. If you're having a huge event, right, um, you need at least a year. I'm just going to be clear. But if it's something maybe 100, 150 people, I would say give it a, um, at least six months. And reason being is because if you're not an event planner, right, there's a lot of pieces that you may not think about. And what people don't realize is that the thing that makes the biggest difference are the small little intricacies, right? Mm -hmm. Those little small pieces that you may forget about, those are usually what make the biggest difference at the events. It's not the things like booking the space or, you know, the speaker. It's always the little small details that make the biggest difference, especially to the attendees, right? So I think that's important. I think that's important. So if you were doing a virtual event, would you still allot the same amount of time? Oh, absolutely. Because when you're doing virtual, there's a lot more intel, right? You've got to have your techie people. Personally, I'm not the techie person, right? I'm always for, if you're not technical, I say spend the money, put that in your budget and spend the money on somebody that is or a team that is, right? So there's a lot other things to be concerned about, different screens, um, sound, audio, all of those things you have to take into, considera into consideration. And so when you're not a planner, those may be things that you overlook. And so that's why I also encourage people to hire an event planner when you've got the budget. And if you don't have the budget, maybe go smaller and include that in the budget because that's extremely important. Right, right. Well, thank you for that insight because I often know that some people do it on the fly, which is okay for practice. But right. as you say, there's brand awareness that plays into an event. And if you've got a certain brand projection uh, and your event is like all over the place, I don't think it would do you any favors in the long run. So give us some tips on how you balance your entrepreneurship and your personal life, because I know there's so many women today that are in that same position. So if you can give us some insight and some tips, that would be wonderful. Awesome. So, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, but I also have a full-time job. And so, like I was saying before, when you're trying to balance, there's always going to be some things when you've got a lot going on, there's going to be something that's going to take the back seat, right? And so I think what's important is that you've got to, especially if you work now, your work has to come first, right? And then if you're an entrepreneur, your business 
comes second, right? When you're not working and you've got the time to be a full-time entrepreneur, you've got to kind of plan your days out. That's what I do. I plan my days out. I have a checklist here. And each day I usually take about three or four things of the most important things that I need to do. And I do those. And then I also try to incorporate things that I like to do. Um, I love the fall. This is my favorite time of the year. And so I know that I want to get outside for a little bit. So I may take a walk down the street to the park um, on my lunch break or when I take a lunch break. Um, but those are things I think that planning out your day and your week, I think that on Sunday night for me, what I try to do is plan my week out or Sunday afternoon is a good way to kind of figure out, hey, what needs to be done? What's the most important? And you work through those. And if you have some time to add to that, great. If not, you know, you just have to wait until the next day or, you know, when you have the time to do it again. But I feel like the most important is always going to be first. And if you do that, I think that that's the easiest way to do it. And then make sure that you always schedule some time for yourself. That's extremely important too. So you don't want to get overworked. And as an entrepreneur, sometimes it's nothing to start work at seven or eight o'clock in the morning and you're still sitting at the desk at 11 o'clock, right? You maybe grab something to munch on, maybe didn't eat. And so you've got to take some time out for yourself, which is extremely important. Yes. Thank you. That's, it sounds so simple, but planning it really helps because if you have it written down and you've thought of it, uh, then you can hopefully stick by it because you're absolutely right. We get tied up and busy and I get caught up in my, my mind. And if I'm creating something and then I'm like, oh, it's four o'clock already. What happened to lunch? <laughs> like, what is that? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And and you're right, taking self-care is all part of planning. Like you said, getting outside, walking, and it actually helps open up our mind and our creativity, yes. you know, when we give ourselves some space. So yeah, that's fabulous advice. Thank you. I appreciate that. Now, overcoming challenges. How did you overcome challenges in your role as an event strategist? And what advice would you give others who may be struggling? I would say some of the challenges for me is, you know, getting new customers, right? Um, getting people to really understand the importance of what it is that you do. Um, I think that for me is that the consistency is what's been working for me, right? Um, I used to have a really hard time about being consistent on social media. I'm still working on that. <laughs> Uh, but I think that the consistency is absolutely what helps. You've got to be consistent. Um, there's always going to be a no, right? And every no doesn't necessarily mean no, right? It could be not right now. And you've also got to remember that you are a subject matter expert in that industry. You've just got to figure out how you can get people to understand the importance of what it is that you do and how you can serve them and help them with their issue, their challenge, whatever the case may be. So I think that's, um, try not to, Take it too serious, right? Because as an entrepreneur, um, for those of you who are entrepreneurs, it is not easy out here. Um, and so you have to remember that this is your company. You have to make adjustments and be okay with that because it's funny how we have these huge plans, right? You ever hear when people say, hey, you know, tell God your plans, right? <laughs> because we make all these grandiose plans and I'm a, I'm a planner, so I think it's amazing. And you should plan, but you also as an entrepreneur have to be able to make adjustments because things don't always work the way that you perceive them to work when you're in the planning in the planning phase. And so I think that's important. Um, yeah, I think that that would be it for me. Yeah. Well, being open to change, you know, and in, in during COVID, the big word was pivot. 
um, you know, and it's been been beaten to death. But really, it, it is about accepting that it's something has changed and um, not necessarily going with the flow, but in a way saying, okay, this is what's happening. How can I see this as a opportunity or a possibility? It has a lot to do with your mindset as you, as you, you know, told us, you know, things don't always work out as you plan. In fact, the saying I have is God laughs at those who make plans because <laughs> they, they don't always work out. It, it's not a very positive saying, but it's like, okay, yeah, shit happens. Right. And you don't know. That's life. Yeah, Absolutely. It's life. That's yeah. Life. And and the, the the quicker we learn how to bounce back from that, um, the more benefits we will reap from it. And so it's really a, a matter of perspective. And and today we so really, yeah, we really need to own that because things are changing all the time. Like, you know, it's oh, absolutely, it's a, Jane. Yeah, absolutely. And in your industry, particularly with the events um, and, you know, how we are doing business today and and even corporations are having to adjust their the way they see employees. In fact, the employees kind of have the upper hand now. It's not so much the hierarchy yeah. where the, you know, the person at the top says this is the way it is and take it or leave it. It's like, no, we don't like it. So we're leaving. <laughs> And it's like, okay, right. we need to change our, our, our thinking. So yeah, absolutely. absolutely. How, how can you see a challenge as an opportunity? Yeah. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. You know what? Um, let me say something to that. I think that sure. also when you learn how to make adjustments, it shows your maturity and your development because mm -hmm. um, as an entrepreneur, I feel like you're constantly growing right? And you're constantly elevating, but you've got to learn at each elevation, right? Or each step right. there's learning. Yes. And so as you grow, you become smarter in your business. There's a lot, especially when you're new at business, I'm fairly new. So there's a lot I don't know. And the good thing too, is I think that it's important to have mentors, you know, people that have mm -hmm. done this before that have, that have been successful, that have failed, right? Because you learn from all of it, but it's an it's a opportunity to learn from those challenges. Uh, and and not right. to like I said, take everything so seriously, but learn to pivot and make adjustments. And I think you'll be you'll be fine. Yes, I agree a hundred percent. We make life very difficult for ourselves by being so serious. I'm with you all the way, Carrington, <laughs> for sure. Sometimes we just gotta say, oh well, what the heck, <laughs> you know? And just go with the flow, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So show, showcasing your expertise, and you just hit on this a little bit. Tell us how using an event can help showcase your expertise. Okay, so it kind of goes back to the CAVE methodology. Um, one of those was value, right? You wanna make sure that when your attendees are coming to the event, you are providing a ton of value. Not always giving away too much, right? Because you have a business. So you want people to purchase what it is, your product or your service, but giving them enough to where they're gonna be like, hey, you pique interest. Some people will purchase right away, some will not. You know, sometimes, you know, some people need a couple of more events, a little bit more information. Um, I also feel like I'm not just at the event, but pre-event, it's always important to showcase your expertise by, you know, you can create Facebook groups and provide tips and tricks in there. You can uh, write. LinkedIn is a great forum, um, especially for different industries. You know, it, it's very broad. There's a ton of industries in LinkedIn. And so writing articles, um, 
creating blogs. I have a couple of friends that are, you know, are coaches that do blogs in LinkedIn. Also social media. We talked about that, you know, before the um, podcast, a little bit about that is that social media, you've got to use it to your advantage. Am I still getting better at social media? Absolutely. Creating reels, providing that value, um, what people want to hear and how you can help them. So those are all ways that you can overcome. And then even email marketing and text marketing are really good, right? Email marketing is sending out emails with value, right? On ways that people can, you know, have a better event or because that's the industry that I'm in, but how they can actually create an experience or um, different speakers, you know, how you book speakers, what to look for during um, booking of a location, anything like that. So any way that you can figure out how to provide value to your target audience is how you showcase your expertise. Mm, yes, you're right. It gives you a reason to be in front of people when you have the event, right? And in doing that, you're, yes. you're like you say, you're showcasing yourself. So the event Absolutely. becomes the catalyst to people listening to what you're saying and or looking at the guest speakers, if you're having those that right. you might be having, the theme, like you said, you know, all those, the, the CAVE, um, you know, uh, acronym that you shared with us earlier, all of those things, it, this is the reason for being in front of people is, hey, guess what? Something exciting's happening. And this is why, you know, I'm speaking to you now. So, yeah, I could see where that could really elevate your brand. And, um, you know, people start to talk about you and start to listen and see, oh, yes, I know that person, that speaker. I'm going to hop on and see what's happening. So, yeah, event, event, uh, events can really elevate your brand. And I love it. Right. So and networking yeah. sessions are good, too. Breakout Sorry, sessions, what was all that? Oh, breakout. Networking yeah. sessions and breakout sessions are really good because then you have a little bit more intimacy in each room and people feel like they can actually interact with that host or whoever is speaking or, you know, whoever the MC is in that or the trainer in that breakout room. And you've got a little bit of time where you can ask questions, right? And you don't feel a little bit intimidated by the crowd, right? Especially if it's a huge conference. So... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, breakout sessions are great. And there goes the experience again, because by interacting right. with others, you get, you know, you come out with stories or an experience of chatting with somebody and learning something. Engagement and interactions. Explain what you mean by engagement and interaction and why it's a vital part of an event's success. Okay. So engagement is getting the audience interested in what it is that you're talking about, right? So whatever you mm -hmm. did to get them there, you want to keep them interested, right? Um, where it kind of goes back to what we talked about before that cave, method cave methodology, where we talked about engagement and interaction. You've got a great host or you're the host, right? So as the host, you do need to be speaking at your event, right? Um, but it's also good when we talked about those huge conferences where you've got uh, maybe two or three speakers, right? You've got somebody that's going to open up for you, right? You may be one of the speakers as well as the host um, or the entrepreneur, right? Who is actually wanting to provide the services or the product, right? To the audience. And then you've got someone that may potentially close out. That's engagement, right? But keeping them engaged, right? It's also good to do market research on before you start an event. And reason being is because when you do the market research, you find out what your audience wants to hear, not what you want them to hear, 
right? Mm -hmm. So you can do create polls in LinkedIn. You can create polls on Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can do your market research and your email marketing and send out questions. You know, you can send an email out and send out questions about, hey, what would you guys like to hear more about? You can use your Facebook group for those. So market research is extremely important to get the information. Once you find out what those individuals want to hear about, that's the value that you provide at the event. That's what's going to keep them engaged, right? I think sometimes we as the entrepreneurs, we kind of forget, we think it's about us and it's not. It's about your target audience. What do they want to hear about? What is it that they need? And then um, the interaction is networking sessions are really great, right? Um, yeah. we're, we talked about the breakout groups. Uh, those are great because it gives people an opportunity to ask questions and interact with the host or the speaker, especially those huge conferences where you've got some really great speakers or people that people really know or are familiar with. People would love that kind of stuff. If you've got like a, I don't know, a, some star or somebody there, right? Or some Hollywood a-lister or something there, people are going to want to be there, right? And so when they get them there, make sure that you're providing that value. They got You got them there maybe because of the speaker, but making sure that when you get them there, provide as much value as possible. And why is it a part of the, uh, a vital part of the event? Is because that's because one, that is what's going to drive them to either come back to another event that you're hosting, right? to purchase your product or service, and then to even tell people about you and what it is that you provide, right? Referrals, testimonials, things of that nature. So it's only just going to, it's going to help them, but you're also going to be able to help your business. Right. Yes, absolutely. All these things, like you said, a survey, is that part of, if people hire you, is that part of the service that you help people um, proceed with event planning? like taking these polls and recommending that they do this, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Um, I always talk about a post survey. You could do a pre-survey, which we talked about. And then post survey is extremely important. And let me explain mm -hmm. why. A post survey, you've got to be really strategic in the questions that you're asking, right? Hey, how was, you know, did you enjoy it, right? What was it about it that you enjoyed? You know, what value did you get from it? Um, so being really strategic about your questions. And then what I love about post surveys is that you can take that information and hold on to it. Six months to a year later, you can go back and see how you've developed over time, right? Mm -hmm. Because the information is only going to help you as the entrepreneur to better yourself and your skill at hosting your own events, right? So all of these are little small strategies. And I think sometimes people make it a little bit more strategy as complex. There are when you come down to the metrics and things, but some of these things aren't complex. Some of these things are just things that you have to be consistent at, and you've just got to make sure that you do them and have that on your checklist of things that you need to uh, make sure that you complete during your event or after. Yes, I love that. I haven't heard anybody say that about event, the post um, survey, because even if you're doing, say, a free, um, you know, uh, a, a free, say, workshop on, on uh, any social media platform, let's say it's Facebook, and uh, you want to get a feel for how your messaging came across or how the material resonated or not, I mean, that would be a great opportunity to do so, you know, um, with a post survey and just ask Absolutely. them because you can, like you said, you can use that material to 
go in one direction or another and to find out if if you actually hit a home run or if you're way off base so i i i think you could use that all the time oh, absolutely fact. yeah yeah i love that that's a really valuable tool and nobody i mean i've been on several podcasts or, or you know just uh, groups of people um you know coaching and whatnot that are for free um and nobody sent out a post survey but i think they should Really? <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they haven't. Wow, they, they, you know, I'm they surprised. said they're they're trying to sell you something, um, but mm -hmm. they never say how did you feel, what was it like, did you learn anything, what would what would you like to see different? No, never. So that's Man, that's crazy. Really interesting. That's research, yeah. right? And that's information right. that you can use. You know? Yeah. It's really, really important. Absolutely. So I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that to the forefront. So leveraging media, how do you leverage media opportunities to amplify your message and inspire others? Leveraging uh, media. Now, I have not personally been too much like in the media other than like magazines or, or things of that nature. Um, the magazines that I've been in, I either, have either had someone recommend me um, recommend that the magazine reach out to me. Um, Brains Magazine actually reached out to me through LinkedIn. Um, so those are opportunities. So in order to be able to do so, you've got to put yourself out there. That kind of goes back to showcasing mm -hmm. your expertise, right? Yeah. So when you're creating or writing blogs or you're writing articles, those are things that people notice in LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an amazing tool, right? Especially for my entrepreneurs and my coaches, it's, a, it's an amazing lead generator. Too, right and so you've got to use it to your advantage why are you on there if you're not using it right and so use that as a platform also um writing books authoring books and things of that nature even if it's just an ebook right and i won't say just an ebook right um for lack of better words but writing ebooks and posting those things or um using amazon as a platform and as a tool um your social media goes back to it. So those are just different ways that you can actually leverage your media. I've not been on TV or anything. Hopefully at some point I will. Um, but those are excellent ways to leverage. And it just, again, like I said, goes back to showcasing your expertise. Put yourself mm -hmm. out there. And I absolutely guarantee people will start to reach out to you. And then podcasts. How can I forget? Podcast um, is an awesome way because it's an opportunity for you to have a much broader a range of audience, right? Um, there's a ton of audiences and podcasts is like some of them are international, some of them are global, you know, so it's just another opportunity for you to be able to get your brand out there, your messaging, your um, expertise, right? For other people to see that. Yes, absolutely. And I love that, you know, it, it's almost like the chicken and the egg because my next question falls right into this. It's, it's the fear of failure. Like a lot of, like you said, you have to put yourself out there in order to get the media. It's, it's like, you know, chicken or egg, which comes first. And so what advice would you give someone who has never done an event before and is fearful of moving forward and keep, and keeps procrastinating? Wow. I would say, um, do your research. Right. There's a mm -hmm. ton of information online. You can also follow me. <laughs> Let me put a plug in for myself. Yeah. Right. Um, but do do your research. There's a ton of research. Right. Google is like Google and what do we call it? YouTube University are amazing tools and resources that you can use that provide, you know, how do you pre create an event? How do you start an event company? 
you know, all kinds of information out there. I would say start there. And then also, if you know somebody that's a planner, right, that would maybe even take the time to do a 30 minute consultation with you that could provide some insight into you or also hire someone, right? Um, you have a lot of people that are just starting out as event planners that don't charge a whole lot of money because right now they're building their brand and they're really trying to get their um showcasing their expertise, right, is what they're trying to do. And so they may be within your budget. There's a ton of people that don't charge a lot of money. You know, the more um, the more popular the planners are, the more they probably um, charge. And that's OK. Right. But you do have, like I said, people that are just starting out, people that just graduated, people that just got certified. Um, and again, your research. But don't be fearful. Just do it. Right. And here's the thing. Yeah. We talked about the post surveys. We talked about the pre so raise, right? Do your research, do your market research, ask questions. What do people want to know? What is your event about? Okay. Then go back and do the research on, you know, what are some questions that people ask or what do you feel like some things that people are asking about that particular industry or that particular type of event? You know, you've got to know about the event, as much information as possible, and then do your research and get as much information for yourself as possible. Um, and just keep moving. Don't be afraid because here's the thing. One thing about fear is that if you don't do it, you'll never start, right? You've got to start somewhere. And here's the thing. You think everybody's first event was awesome? No, <laughs> right? And um, like I said, the pre and post surveys will help you to be able to take that information and develop over time. Take the information and the feedback that you got. Don't take it personal because you want people to be candid. But take that information and use it to your advantage, and it just helps you get better. And the more you do, the better you get. And that goes with anything. A hundred percent, Carrington, a hundred percent. I always say life is a practice. And we just Absolutely. have to keep practicing and practicing and putting ourselves out there. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. You know, they're not even going to remember down the road. But if you don't take that leap, if you don't practice and keep doing it, and it's like when you're learning to walk, did you quit because you fell? No, you thought, well, this is great. I got to, I've got to do this. Everyone else is doing it. <laughs> so, yes. and, right. and, and practice is the key. I mean, you know, it's funny. I just on the weekend, I was talking to a friend of mine and she, she uh, does posts and she was saying how, you know, awkward she, and she doesn't look awkward at all. She thinks she does, but I said, Oh my God, your posts are fantastic. Oh, mm -hmm. I thank you for saying that. And I said, you know, you should do more. You look really great and you come across well and you're well-spoken. And, and because we had that little conversation, she's been posting almost every day and she goes, this is because of you. And I was like, wow, that's fantastic. Just keep doing it girl. Cause you're, you know, that's it. And then the more you practice, the more comfortable you become, the more Absolutely. it starts to just become something that's uh, a habit or it's like you, I, I, I struggle with the posting as well. You know, I have to prepare. I always want to deliver something that's meaningful, not just a bunch of chit chat. Um, right. But it's, it's practicing. And I never used to put myself on social media. I didn't even have a uh, Facebook account or Instagram account. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, just but practice. it forces you. Yeah, absolutely. This is new to me, right? I've done a few of the podcasts, but I'm still learning how to interview, right? Um, yeah. Chris and I had the conversation about it when she first started scheduling me. She's like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm nervous. And she's like, it's okay. 
the more you do, the better you're going to get. So I'm, I still feel like I'm developing in this area, right? I know I've got some growth to, you know, to, to do, but if I never started it, I wouldn't be able to get you're, better, right? Exactly. Um, so. Yeah. Kudos to you. I love it. Yeah. You just got to put yourself out there and see what happens, right? Exactly. <laughs> it always works out. <laughs> Yeah, and you're flow. like, wow, exactly. I said that. Wow, I'm pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, sometimes you surprise yourself. <laughs> right. But anyway, so. yeah, exactly. But if you didn't do it, you would never know. Right. Right. So, yeah, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Well, converting leads to clients. Give us some tips on how to convert leads into clients, because I know that's something we all want, um, probably including yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, number one is know your target audience, right? When you start out as a coach or an entrepreneur, you know, any kind of entrepreneur, you've got to know your target audience. And that doesn't just happen overnight, right? You make mistakes. You know, I started out with the totally, the totally wrong target audience, right? And I did it for like probably eight months and then had to go back and do a little bit rework, right? And so that's when I kind of figured out the gap with the, the planning versus the strategy piece. You've also got to be consistent, right? Um, people won't begin to trust you if you're not consistent. And that kind of goes back to, to us when we were saying like with the social media, you know, for me, I'm not the best at it, but I'm learning, right? Um, I've had a, a class, Chris did, you know, showed me some social media hacks and things that I can do to get better. Um, my daughters are great at it. It's like, they it just comes to them, right? They're, amazing at it and so you know they're like you know when i do stuff or i post stuff they're like mom you know hey you need to do this or you need to do that so that's good um i also think that providing value is extremely important mm -hmm. right and so when yeah. you get people in the room they're there for a reason make sure that you go all in right make them feel like they left with a ton of value right and then also lastly use your post survey right for information but be really really strategic in the questions that you ask because you want to be able to use that information to get better uh, i'm trying to think what else there's some metrics and things that come into play um, but those to me would probably be the most important and then go back to the cave methodology right clear meeting objectives what are your what is your why are you doing this and then what do you want your audience to leave with right your agenda shouldn't be all over the place right be strategic about how you build your agenda or run of show, um, your value. We talked about that. And then engagement and interaction, making sure that you engage the audience. You don't want to have an eight hour conference and you just listen to someone talk all day, mm -hmm. right? You yeah. got to shake it up a little bit. Breakout rooms, networking sessions is also good because it gives people an opportunity to get to know each other. That's also value to the, to the attendee or the potential client, right? It's about you and what it is that you're providing, but it's also good because you never know who people might run into at an event where they might be able to provide services on what it is that they do and vice versa. So networking sessions are also amazing to have. Um, I don't know. I think that might be it. But I would say those are ways in the consistency, if I didn't mention that consistency, keep going um, and it can be like we talked about before very very frustrating as an entrepreneur things don't happen overnight right you see all these people and you're like especially on social media right you're like you see all these people who are like multi-millionaires now in like two years and here's the thing it's not a race mm. right 
everything happens for people at different times in their life. And I think that it happens when you're ready for it. And so as long as you're continuing to grow, you're continuing to um, upskill, right? Learn as much as you can about your craft, learn as much as you can about your industry and the field that you're in and your business as a business owner. If I can't leave anything else, I'll say, make sure that you invest in yourself. That's probably the mm. last thing I would say about converting leads to clients. That's not, doesn't have anything to do with leads to clients, but if you invest in yourself, it actually could, right? Because the more value you provide to, pe to people, the more they're going to want to either use your services, purchase your product, or come back to what it is that you're providing to them, so. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. That was really uh, concise. There was so much information there and 100%. Uh, and I do believe like you, that if inv you invest in yourself, it's it goes back to the adage, if you don't love yourself, how can you love someone else? You have to love yourself first. And it's the same absolutely. with teaching others, you know, what your skills are, what your gifts are. We have to give ourselves that grace. Um, and I think that's one of the things that women learn a lot. Uh, we, you know, we're on a, we're on a learning curve right now and it's just going all the way up and I love it. I think it's absolutely. wonderful, but thank you for those insights. And what upcoming projects now are you excited about and how do you envision your impact in the fields of entrepreneurship event planning and authorship evolving in the future wow um upcoming projects right now i'm working on a workshop so i'm having um, a free master class i won't say a uh, workshop but a free master class at the end of the month uh, november 30th so i've got the wait list out um so if anyone's interested you can follow me on instagram um and it's at the link in my bio is how you sign up and registration will be coming out this week i also was hosting an ig broadcast um earlier this year called the midweek luncheon live with coach k so that's been running about a little over a year i kind of needed to stop for a little while because things started to get a little bit busy at my job um, and trying to, to balance the two was a little hard. Um, so I stopped that, but I am relaunching that in January. So I'm working on that now and some guests. Um, and like I said, it's on um, Instagram. I'm also working on my 2024 list of things to be doing. So I'm coming up with some new offers. I've got someone that I'm going to be meeting with this week um, on a new website. Uh, so we'll be providing tips and tricks on there. Um, I'm looking to be writing a little bit more. Um, I enjoy that a lot. Speaking engagements, I'm still a little like fearful of speaking engagements. Um, I'm a little bit more comfortable on a panel than I am keynotes. Um, so I would really at some point like to master that skill. Um, but I feel like taking, you know, doing the podcasts and any opportunity I can to kind of share my expertise is actually going to help with that as well. And um, I probably would like to write a, another book at some point. Um, I just don't have the time now, but who knows? That may be in 2024. But looking at doing a couple of more events, um, maybe two or three events in um, 2024, a couple of VIP days, and maybe um, at a full day conference at some point or some retreat. And so those are things that I'm kind of working on for 2024. But I don't know. That That's kind of what I'm doing in the event planning piece looking to get some more clients, um, learning a lot more, um, and just growing, right? And continuing to invest in myself. So that's kind of what I foresee for the future for myself. Wow, wonderful. Yeah, there's there's so much that's happening. Um, 
you know, and, and particularly in the area that you're, uh, you're an expert in, because like you and I earlier discussed, the event planning is just, who knows where it's going to be, and it's moving exponentially faster than ever. I mean, by it this is. time next year, we may just be holograms, <laughs> you, know, right. you know, might be available <laughs> to everybody. Right. <laughs> that would be, that would be pretty amazing. <laughs> Excuse me. So tell our audience where they can connect with you. Okay, so you can connect with me on LinkedIn at Carrington Warfield. I'm also on Instagram at Carrington War, and then on Facebook at Carrington Warfield. Um, I think that's all the, I'm on TikTok. I don't use TikTok as much. Um, my daughter keeps telling me I need to jump back in there. Um, so I'll probably at some point in YouTube, I need to also start um, utilizing those two a little bit more. But like I said, I've got to master the social media piece before I start to branch it out a little more. Um, but that's how you can find me. Wonderful. And we'll have all that information on the Epic uh, Visions on bio pages as well so that you can connect. And once Carrington has her new, fantastic, fabulous website, we'll put that up there too. Thank you. Because <laughs> um, I know it'll be awesome. So I have one last question for you, Carrington, seeing as we're here on the Epic Vision Zone. If your life were an epic story, what would the title be? Oh, do you, girl? <laughs> I love that. I love it. That's perfect. Oh, my gosh. You got to use that. I think that's incredible. Know, right? That says Thank it all. You. Oh my gosh, that's one of the best. I often stump people with that question. They're like, wow, okay. <laughs> but oh my gosh, that, I love it. You got it. Well, thank you again, Carrington, for joining us here today. And once again, for all of Carrington's contact information, go to the Epic Vision Zone bio pages where you'll find all of her social media and direct contact info. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Jane Applegath. And don't forget to connect with me at janeapplegath.com where you can gain access to your free downloads, Creative Power and Vision Play. Sending you much love and greatness. This is the Epic Vision Zone, transforming your dreams into epic success.